news is one of the most insightful businesswomen that I know. Sarah is absolutely amazing. Sarah's wisdom, enthusiasm, and positive outlook on life motivates me to be a better person. Her ability to see the very best in people is just awesome. Sarah's coaching and mentoring inspired me to become an entrepreneur. What an inspiration. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. <laughs> oh, did I not say hey, babe? No, you usually do that. You know what? I was thinking about the Reese's Pieces on the desk. Your Reese's Pieces. No, actually, your <laughs> Reese's Pieces. I didn't know I was going to get called out on a podcast. Well, it's one of these things that I'm doing this 21-day focus challenge with Courtney Wise, and we're not supposed to have any sweets, and... Now we're doing a podcast and you're setting him right there. So, hey, babe. Hey, babe. <laughs> I don't know. I really was sidetracked on that. Okay. But today we're talking about the Enneagram with Christy Rolls and she's awesome. She is great. I mean, it's so cool how she goes through and describes what the Enneagram is, which it's a personality assessment. And then she goes into each personality type. So you and I have both taken it. We have. And we try to peg people for what we think they are. And it is amazing because there are a lot, a lot of options. There are. That you could be. Yeah. And we're exactly the same. We are. <laughs> a three wing two. Right. Is that right? A three wing two. Yes. Which is so crazy to me because we also took the Myers-Briggs and we're like, we're the same person, but we're not, but we are. We are ENFP mm -hmm. and Myers-Briggs. Uh-huh. But a lot of times they say that uh, the two exactly the same can kind of be hard, mm -hmm. but not for us. Not for us. We love each other and we have so much fun together. We do. <laughs> okay. So um, for us, a three is an achiever. Um, it's success oriented, pragmatic, adaptive, excelling, driven, image conscious. Some of that's good. Some of it could be bad. It depends on if we're healthy or not healthy. So that's good. And then our wing um, is the helper, caring, interpersonal, um, demonstrative, generous, people-pleasing, and possessive. Dun-dun-dun. Uh-oh. <laughs> I know. But with this, Christy is so good because she goes through each personality type when they're healthy, when they're unhealthy. And it's, she was explaining, there's not a personality that's better than the other, but it's just that some can be really healthy and some cannot. And I just think it's beautiful to learn that God wired us all differently and for a purpose. And if we can all be really healthy in the number that we are, then we can be our best self. And so I feel like learning what we are and kind of understanding who we're dealing with and working with, it just makes the world make a whole lot more sense. It does make a lot more sense. And I think there's so much to finding people that are compatible with you from either going on the same path like we are right. or people that um, kind of fill the weaknesses that, that we have. And if we can find somebody that that matches that right. in, in the workplace or um, just in life, right. I think you get along pretty well with them. Yeah. It's crazy. You know what I'd be really interested in is what my parents are because get this. So Jenny, my older sister is a three wing two. I am a three wing two 
and Megan is a two wing three. So we don't vary in our numbers very much, but we are all very different people. Um, Jenny and Megan both have amazing qualities that I didn't quite get like their organization, their attention to detail. Um, I, I somehow I missed out on that wire when God was like wiring me. Um, and so, but we're equal in numbers or similar in numbers. And so, I just think that's interesting But you and I, you know, being the same, I think we are the same in a lot of that. Like I would almost say our percentages could almost be identical. Yeah, no doubt. And I think one of the things I was reading is that it really comes down to wanting to feel valued and feel worthwhile. And mm-hmm. I think yeah, that what's, what drives us a lot. We want people to like us and mm-hmm. we um, want to be making friends, but we want to be doing stuff that's worthwhile. Right. And, um, and that's kind of what drives us and motivates yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's just so interesting to go through all of this. You and I have tried to peg our kids. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I should have asked Christy this question, like, can kids take a test similar or something? Because I think as a parent understanding what makes your child get motivated, what ticks them off, what helps them, all of that stuff helps as parents to be able to push them into their sweet spots. Do you think there's a test that tells you how to get them to go to sleep? <laughs> Adam, you hate that. <laughs> do you, do you hate bedtime? No, I love bedtime until bedtime's over. Right. Yeah. Like, Adam has a hard, like fast rule. Yeah. I like sit and talk and be like, how was your day? What are your feelings? What do you think about? And Adam's like, okay, prayers, hug, bed, done. No, we talk, We but then when it's done, it should be done. Yeah. Go to bed. Yeah. Go, <laughs> go to bed. We won't bring up that book that was, <laughs> it said like, go the bleep to bed. And if any parent has child's, a child that doesn't, it was, it just made us laugh. It was a funny book. We're completely off topic, which is not no bueno, but I'm, I'm in between, I must be a little sidetracked right now. Cause I'm in between, um, talking about random bedtime stories and still looking at your Reese's right yeah. there. So well, anyways. you should have some. Yeah, no. Okay. So Christy rolls, she's just cool. We connected instantly. Um, and she was just such a source of wisdom for us. So, um, if you listen last week to Richard Goff's Enneagram, game, it will now make a whole lot of sense to you to understand what you are on the Enneagram. And there's several places to go take the test online. And she's going to kind of refer to those in, um, in the podcast. And so I encourage you to do that. And if you have the chance, send us an email or a text message or on social media and let us know what your Enneagram type is. I think that'd be really interesting to compile what a lot of people are and just kind of the people we know. And some of the people are listeners that we don't know just to kind of get to know them through that way. So let's pop over and listen to Christy Rolls. Well, it is an honor to be here today with Christy Rolls. Christy, how are you? I am good. I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I am so excited. This is um, an 
area outside of my expertise for sure. <laughs> um, but you have a company, the Full and Free Enneagram Company, and mm-hmm. you are going to dive into what the Enneagram is and how it can relate to each of us and how we can use it to better our life. Correct? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes. It's going to be fun. I love that. Yes. Well, I just appreciate it. As you know, we had Richard Goff on our um, show and he, you know, had this brilliant idea for the Enneagram game. Mm-hmm. And the more he was talking, the more I thought my audience needs to know about the Enneagram if they don't already. And then lo and behold, you come along and this is just <laughs> so perfect surprise. <laughs> but I really think that it's so great because what the Enneagram does is just unlock so much for so many people. And so I want, I want first our listeners to know who you are, Christy, and how you got involved with the Enneagram. Yes, totally. So I actually have my master's in mental health counseling. So I um, practiced at a um, university up in Indiana where I lived for seven years, but I actually was born and raised in Florida. And by the end of the seven years in Indiana, my husband and I were dying. (laughs) So um, had to go back to the South. It's where we belong. So we're back in Florida now. Um, And there's just complications coming back to a new state licensing in the mental health world and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I decided that I would start coaching yes. instead full time. And so it's been really fun. Um, the Enneagram was introduced to me a couple of years ago in my own therapy. Actually, I had been in therapy for probably two and a half years at that point and was kind of at the end. And I was saying to my therapist, her name was Hope. She was amazing. <laughs> I said, um, I feel like I thought that I was going to rid myself of all my anxiety hope and it's not gone. Yeah. What's wrong? Like, what else do I need to be doing? I've like worked through a lot of hard things. And she said, I really think you need to look into the Enneagram. So wow. she actually introduced me to it, it was super uh, revealing and a little freaky actually, because <laughs> it is so insanely accurate um, and kind of put language to things about myself that I wasn't even aware were true about me. Wow. So, it's just been really amazing and a gift and have been a really important part of my healing and my mm-hmm. continued growth. And so um, from that moment on, I just loved it and decided I've got to start integrating this into my work and my practice with clients. And so when I moved back home to Florida, I decided I'm going to do it full time. I love that. And anybody who's listening who knows the Enneagram is probably in love with it because once you learn about it, I think people like fall head over heels for it and what it allows, like there's so much freedom in it. And that's kind of fun because that's part of the name that you created is there is freedom in knowing your type and really what you said, like putting words to what you didn't even realize was happening, you know? And so I think that's so beautiful. So tell us, I'm trying to even think where to start. Like there's, there's nine types, correct? Mm-hmm. Nine different yep. types. And then, um, so first let's tell somebody listening, if somebody wanted to know their type, how would they do that? Okay. So a few different ways, um, you can always start with an assessment online. There's lots of free assessments. The one that I recommend is the one that my coach created, the one who certified me. And that is Beth McCord. Her website is your Enneagram coach.com. 
Okay. And you can take a free assessment there. It's very well done. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Beth and I both tell folks that assessments are only about 70% accurate okay. for the Enneagram. And the reason is because unlike a lot of other personality assessments, it's all about why you do what you do. It's mm-hmm. about your core motivation, not just about your behavior. And so, you know, I tell folks, you can strip away all of the behaviors and characteristics. Like there's so many fun Enneagram meme accounts and, right. you know, jokes things out there, which is such a blast. Um, But sometimes like it gets a little cloudy because we start basing off of, you know, characteristics or traits. So at the end of the day, though, it's all about what drives you that core fear and core motivation, which I'll share about when we get to that point, kind of digging into all nine numbers. But that's really the the uh, foundation that makes every type that type. So take a test. Uh, but just use it as a starting point and explore your top few types. And whenever you get to yours, you will usually know because it will feel like someone has been reading your mail <laughs> or been watching you in your house right. like a creeper. Yeah. It feels pretty exposing for most folks. It does. You know, when I read mine, I was like, oh my gosh. And then there's <laughs> there's like healthy one, healthy numbers and yes. unhealthy numbers. Tell us a little bit about that before we get into what specifically each number is. Yes. So there are nine numbers. None of them are better or worse than the other and no number, you know, higher numbers don't mean anything. It's just <laughs> an arbitrary way to classify them. Um, but every number can be like every person can be a healthy version of that type or an unhealthy version of that type. So when you learn to identify what your type is one through nine, you can then kind of look ahead like, okay, what does it look like for me to be the healthiest version of me? And what do I look like when I'm sinking into stress? And we call it disintegrating into a less healthy place. Okay. So that is, that information is a real game changer for you personally, also your relationships. (laughs) When you start to sink down in your spouse, your coworkers, your kids, start being like, what's wrong with her? Uh, what's up with him? You know, right. so it's a, it's a big deal. I love that because then you can see like, oh, here's my tendency. And so yes. if we're self-aware of that, it's probably really helpful in the home and the workspace. Okay. Totally. Well, we've talked about before we hit record that it would be really hard to sit and tell all of this, you know, numbers and, and go into great detail. But I would like you to go through the numbers and maybe some characteristic types that it you know, relate to like, you know, just so people can wrap their brains around it. And um, maybe they'll get off this podcast after we're finished and go take the test and then be able to come back and listen again um, to to their type. Okay, so I'm going to let you go through them. Okay, sounds good. And so I will just tell people a few things. So listen in, especially when I talk about the core desire and the core fear of every Mm -hmm. type, that's really the important part. Okay. Um, And I'm going to try and add like a few unique features. So they might overlap with some other numbers, but they're pretty unique to that number. So let's start with the one. The one is nicknamed the moral perfectionist. Their core desire is to be good, pure, ethical, and to do the right thing. Their core fear is being bad, corrupt, evil, and wrong. Okay. So a few unique things to the moral perfectionist. They have a super strong inner critic. Like I'm talking very mean and harsh. Like a lot mm-hmm. of us have a voice in our head that kind of beats us up or says you could have done that better. But the ones is like present all day, wow. every day. And it's very harsh. Okay. Um, <laughs> a lot of times ones will be like, wait a second. I thought everybody had that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. And they realize it's them. Now, is that... Um, okay. Now maybe I'm getting off, but did you, you had a video. Is your mom a one? 
Um, I thought my mom was the one, but okay. she's actually a two. Okay. Because she had yeah. something where she had like butter or something. And you said, you know, she said, I don't want to, I don't want to stick my fork in it or whatever. Cause it's going to mess it up. Is that? It's, yes. Okay. Wow. It's Because it's like, it's so perfect when right. it's just undone. You know, why yeah. mess something up? It's perfect. So okay. we call ones the moral perfectionists because they want to be morally perfect. They also tend to want to make other people perfect or better, but also at work, for example, they are the best at taking projects from good to excellent. Okay. They see details and they can just perfect we things. We all need a one in our life. <laughs> we all need a one in our life. That's yes. awesome. Okay. Yep. So the two, we call them the supportive helpers. Their core desire is to be loved, wanted, and appreciated. Sometimes when they're not doing as healthy, it, it kind of disintegrates or translates into the need to be needed. Okay. Um, which isn't as healthy. Right. But their core fear is being unwanted or replaceable or dispensable. Okay. So underneath all of it, and twos a lot of times really have to dig. Like they, they're not generally very aware of this in them, but deep down within a two, the core kind of belief is if I stopped loving or taking care of people around me, I fear that they would stop loving me. Mm. So twos tend to love in order to be loved, kind of ensure that they're going to receive what they need in return, which we all kind of do that. We all show up in a certain way to get our needs met. Right. Twos just do it specifically with love. So right. they can range from being super selfless, generous givers to kind of manipulative or right. demanding, depending on health, kind of what we were okay. talking about earlier. Wow. That's good. Okay, good. So the threes, this one is called a successful achiever. Their core desire is to achieve, to be seen as successful. They want to be ad admired and be a role model. Their core fear is failure, being inefficient, feeling incompetent, exposed, or worthless. Mm -hmm. So threes are the most likely to be workaholics <laughs> because okay. they find their sense of worthiness in what they achieve right um, they also tend to be kind of chameleons so mm -hmm. they kind of have a gift to be able to walk into a room and say okay what does this room need what do these people want and how can I be a person of value right. so they're they're great to other people they don't often necessarily keep it in line with their own integrity or authenticity though because they're so focused on being what other people want them to be wow. in order to be seen a certain way right okay and that's actually I'm an achiever I tested yep. number three so yeah <laughs> sometimes it's hard I think it's hard to hear like ooh. Yeah, mm -hmm, that could be, yes, me. you know, um, know. You, we take the good. We're like, yeah, yeah, that's me. And then it's like the unhealthy. You're like, oh, let me hide. <laughs> but that's interesting yes. to hear. <laughs> yes, totally. I normally tell clients, like, if you have found a number that makes you want to cringe or go yeah. hide in the dark. That's that you. one might be you. <laughs> yeah, because you are the one that's been plagued by the bad side right, of that. Like, right. you know that pain more than anybody. Right. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, let's go to number four. Okay, so four is the romantic individualist. So their core desire is to be unique, to be special, and to be their authentic self. So their fear is being defective, mundane, or insignificant. So they mm -hmm. kind of balance that by being super unique and special. They tend to be really creative, artistic people. So like a lot of artists, musicians, designers, um, things like that tend to be fours because they are super deep feelers mm -hmm. and they write from often to a place of pain, like fours are the only number on the Enneagram that can sit in pain and suffering and mm -hmm. feel no need to fix it. Wow. They are very yeah. okay 
with pain. So sometimes numbers like sevens, for example, would say like, why would anyone want to be sad when you could be happy? The fours <laughs> do not agree with that. Wow. Wow. Because they want to feel it all then. Yeah, yeah. It feels because anything less than that feels inauthentic right. or kind of shallow. And yeah. so fours are super deep, deep feelers, right. they deep beauty and depth and everything. Yeah. So. That's so good. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fives, we call them the investigative thinkers. So their core desire is to be competent and capable. Their core fear is being invaded. Uh, they mm -hmm. tend to be really private people and then also being incompetent and incapable. Okay. They really are independent people. They want to be able to function on their own based on their knowledge and okay. competencies. So if they don't feel competent enough, that brings a lot of fear to them. Right. So they're highly analytical they are systems people like these are, you know, I don't want to stereotype it like your engineers, people who are learners, researchers, right? They are amazing in those roles. Right. That's awesome. Okay. That's a five. Okay. Now the six, yep. which is you, right? <laughs> I'm a six. Yes, me. Um, it's funny because when I first found it, I was like, run, run, <laughs> don't look the other way. <laughs> um, kind of like you were saying, but right. over time I've really learned to embrace and see the positive parts of me. But yes, yeah, so being a six, the core desire of a six is to be safe and secure to feel those things. Right. And the fear is being abandoned or alone emotionally or physically and also fear itself. Okay. Okay. Wow. So, yeah, we're very loyal people. So in our name, the Loyal Guardian, we're very loyal. We're hardworking. Um, it's actually estimated that about 50% of the population are sixes, which oh, I think is wow. crazy. Wow. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. So everybody knows a lot of sixes. Right. Yeah. But that's really <laughs> Whether cool. Whether we realize or not. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. But, yeah, we tend, so go ahead. No, I was going to say, but that's good. Like people love loyal people too, you know, yes. and engaging, responsible, hardworking. I'm like, those are really great qualities. So it's good that half the world is that. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, sixes are good people. They also are highly anxious people. Yeah. Um, they're actually, sadly, the most <laughs> anxious type on the Enneagram. Okay. Um, so we have a lot of work to do in terms of figuring out how to ground ourselves and not see worst case scenarios around us all the time. Right, right. Uh, you know what was a great, again, I'm looking back to some of the things you posted on Instagram, but it was such a beautiful, um, you know, de description of a six. You, you were walking up to the beach and you found a spot and there mm -hmm. were two ladies and you said, oh, you know, you're bummed because it wasn't your own spot. And then they left and you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to get killed by somebody? <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> like, I started shoot, laughing now. out loud. Yeah, but that's <laughs> so true. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's it, sixes are interesting in relationships too. We have this thing we call optimal distance. Okay. I don't want to be so close to you that I feel suffocated because I need my freedom, but I also don't want to be alone because then I have to protect myself if right. something goes down. Yeah. And that's scary. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But you can see it. That's so interesting. Yeah, okay. It is. Wow. Well, I've spent a lot of time learning to observe myself. But right. And you're anyway, like, wait, I'm okay. doing it again. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But I think that's the gift of this whole work, the Enneagram, right. you know, because we, you know, you and I had kind of talked before we started, we don't just new things don't just happen all the time. We often are like, Oh shoot, I'm doing that thing again. Right. You know, Our personalities are the same. So if we can learn to understand who we are and anticipate how we're going to react to things, right. then we can be more prepared and less reactionary exactly. even to ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, there's grace in there. I love that. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Number seven. 
seven. So we call them the enthusiastic optimist. Mm -hmm. Their core desire is to be satisfied, fulfilled, and to feel content. Okay. So their fear is being empty, being deprived of something exciting, or even just being bored. Right. Like that it's a and it's interesting because sometimes we're like, oh, that's it's a pleasure to do something exciting. But right. for seven, it's like that's non-negotiable. Right. Um, and so I've talked to some sevens. They sometimes describe it like they have a bucket in their heart or in within mm -hmm. them that never gets full. It's like no matter how much they shove in more activities, more tasks, more fun, more things, it's never enough. So wow. there's this kind of craving for more. Yeah. Um, so at the same time, though, you know, we had kind of said sixes tend to be worst case scenario thinkers. Sevens tend to be our best case scenario thinkers. Okay. They are super visionary, fun loving party people, but they also do have this ability to be really grounded, analytical thinkers and problem solvers Okay, with yeah. excitement. Like these are your hype people in your business for sure. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> Don't ask them to do a super long project because that <laughs> is just life sucking. Right. But definitely they can get some momentum going. That is awesome. Well, and Richard Goff, who is on about the Enneag Enneo game, he he is an enthusiast. He's a number yes. seven and spontaneous and stuff. But um what was interesting on his is, you know, Bob Goff, his dad is a seven also. And mm -hmm. I was telling him, like, I wouldn't want to jump out of an airplane. So I'm definitely not a seven. And he's like, Well, I'm a seven and I don't want to jump out of an airplane either. <laughs> right. And so I thought that was interesting that spontaneous um, you know, that sevens are spontaneous in one adventure, but it doesn't mean they all want the same type of adventure, you know, that yes. there's different things. So I think that's really interesting. Exactly. And that is so true of every number. Like, mm -hmm. I have heard people say, well, I can't be a two because she's a two and I'm nothing like her, or right. I can't be an eight because he's an eight and I'm nothing like that. And it's, these numbers again, like it's, it's only about what's driving you that core motivation and fear, all the other things about us, like, hello, we have different cultures, backgrounds, right. upbringing, siblings, stresses in life. We're all at a different level of health and maturity in our own personal development. And, you know, so there's so many other things that make us who we are, right? Your Enneagram type literally at its most basic foundation just says, here's what you're driven by. And here's what you're most terrified. Right. Of. <laughs> okay. I love this. Yeah. I love this. Okay. Yeah. So number eight. So eights are our protective challengers. They are really most scared of being controlled, feeling weak or harmed, and also a phrase, too, that seems to resonate a lot, being a victim of injustice. Mm -hmm. So in order to combat those things, they their core desire is to be in control and to be strong and powerful, and they want to make sure that they can protect themselves but also other people. Okay. Uh, so a lot of times, apes get pegged as, like, really aggressive um, you know, bulldozing people. And sometimes they can be, uh, but they also are very nurture. They can be very nurturing. And if okay. they are healthy, they're in touch with this really soft, tender part that's within them. Okay. That's more protective than aggressive. Okay. That makes sense. Yes. 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 That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. And then I go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just going to hop to nines. Are yes. we ready to go? To yes. Nines? We're ready for nine. Okay. Perfect. So we call the nines the peaceful mediators. My husband is a nine. Um, and I told somebody the other day, I said, I've never met a nine I don't love. Oh, isn't <laughs> so, that the best? That's it awesome. Is. Yes. And I try, I'm really careful because I have friends of all numbers and I genuinely love 
all of the numbers. Right. But it's interesting for me being married to a nine. I just tend to have this extra affection for them. <laughs> you're like, so, I, but I really love the nines. That's awesome. But that's a good it's, thing if you're married to one. Like, it'd be really bad to be married to a nine and wish you were married to a seven or something. You know, totally. it's like, wow, this is it's best case for you. <laughs> yes. I love that. For sure. Tell us about yeah. the nine. Okay, so nine's core desire is to experience inner peace and stability. They want to feel calm and serene. Their core fear is conflict because that totally messes up the inner calm. Right. Chaos, being overlooked, being unaccepted, and even feeling a sense of lovelessness. Okay. They tend to be really easygoing, lighthearted people. They go with the flow. Um, the the downside sometimes of the nines are something that they need to be mindful of. They tend to merge. We call it merging with others. So it's almost like they fall asleep to who they really are, and they tend to overly go with the flow so much that they lose a sense of their opinions, their desires, their wishes. Right. So they've got to kind of wake up to who they are more okay. so than other types. Wow. That is really, really good. I mean, that's a lot of information. Can I, I, know. I wrote down a couple of questions um, and I'm yeah. thinking our listeners might have the same um, same ones is, and I think you said this, but like the peacemaker, I felt like there was a lot of things that, um, I maybe think about myself, but you said there's some overlapping stuff. Like I think, mm-hmm. well, an enthusiast, like I can really relate to them. Are there, there's a thing called wings, right? So explain mm-hmm. to us what a wing is and how that works along with knowing your number. Yes. So wings are the numbers right adjacent to your primary type. So if you're looking at the figure of the Enneagram, the nine sits at the top and then they just go around clockwise. Okay. So if you are a three, for example, you would either have a two wing or a four wing. Okay. If you are an eight, you would have a nine wing or a seven wing. Okay. And so that's how wings work. Basically all they are, it's just a different, sometimes contradictory part of your personality. So for example, I'm a six with a seven wing, I which just means, when I look at the five and I look at the seven, I tend to identify more with seven characteristics Okay. and maybe the core fear and desire a little bit, but not necessarily, you know, that doesn't have to necessarily be true. So it's just saying I have a little of this in me. So okay. think about it kind of like salt and pepper. If I make you a dish of eggs for breakfast and you put a little salt on and a whole lot of pepper, it doesn't change that the eggs are eggs. Right. It just changes how you're going to experience them and how they kind of show up. Wow. So it doesn't change that you're three if you have a two wing or a four wing. It just changes kind of how you express right. that in the world. That's also a big reason why two threes, for example, can look completely different. Okay. A three with a strong two wing or a three with a strong four wing are very different yeah. people wow. on, the, on the outside. That's yeah. so interesting because what I was sharing before we hit record was um, – I'm a three wing two. Adam, Mm -hmm. my husband is a three wing two and my sister, who's my business partner. And, you know, we're doing a lot together. She's a two wing three. And so it's like, we're all just sitting in that area there. (laughs) Does that tell you anything or are you like, oh yeah, two threes, they, they go like, do numbers go together? I know you said there's not one better than the next, but is like a three drawn to twos or a three drawn to certain numbers or any number drawn to certain numbers or not really? 
Yeah, that's a good question. There are definitely some that probably feel more comfortable with others, but you know, I'm a six that feels really comfortable with nines. I know other sixes who love twos or other mm-hmm. sixes who get, get along super well with fives. So I don't think it's about combination necessarily. I think it's more about the fullness of who you are. When I look right. at myself as a six with my seven wing, with my background, with my priorities <laughs> in life, you know, then that kind of mesh generally more so with this person over that person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are different types that, like, I joke sometimes because I'm a six and I tend to have a more, a bigger personality or right. I can tend to be more um, um, emotional and energetic and whatever. And I say, I get along well with twos and nines because right. both of them are very attentive to others uh-huh. and there's plenty of space for me in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that makes sense. That really makes yeah. sense. Wow. Okay, if you would give us one takeaway that you like your favorite thing about the Enneagram, what would you say it is? Like, what do you, (laughs) is there so many? (laughs) Yes, I could, I could definitely nail down one. So I guess the first thing that comes to mind, because I could definitely say a ton, but I think above everything, it is human nature to think that the way that we see things is the way Mm -hmm. that things are. Right. And so it's not until we slow down long enough to, pay attention or to wake up to who we are, that we start to begin questioning how we've always seen things, believe things to be and shown up in the world. So it starts to allow us to kind of get curious, like, huh, why do I believe that? Why do I feel that that's the best way? And then once we begin to do our own inner work, we then are able to look at other people with more of an openness and a gracefulness and kind of say, huh, that's interesting. If this feels so true to me, like this is one thing that i work with a lot of my clients on, especially when I have worked with couples, whatever feels so true to you as a one, that is how true his thing or her thing feels to them. Yes. Yes. So it's, it's just crazy. Yes. yes, There is not one way to see there's just different ways to see. And so we can fight against ourselves or each other, or we can say, huh, we are missing each other. (laughs) Right. Right. Let's like teach me why this matters to you or teach me how important this is to you. Teach me how to understand you. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite, just opening my eyes to there are different ways of understanding and interpreting life and mine or yours isn't right or wrong. They're just different and both are true. Yes. Yes. It's been so freeing. It allows me to be, you know, even the name of my business, Full and Free, it allows me to be my full self. And Mm. I then allow other people to be their full selves without trying to change them or force my way or say that it's better. And then everyone just feels freer and more able to love and be successful in life and work and parenting and joy finding and all the stuff. I love that. I love that. The other thing that I love that you said before we hit record was I said, I I thought I tested as a seven. And then when I really sat down and did a test more recently, I was a three and two. And I said, can you change? And you said, no. And so I thought that (laughs) was interesting that either one, I don't know. I don't really know. Maybe I don't remember what I was then, or I don't remember what it was, but I think that's interesting that once you learn these numbers, um, you know, just to know your healthy and your unhealthy aspects, but then also to then give more grace to other people. I think about like my household, mm-hmm. um, you know, or my, in my workspace, like knowing, Hey, I know she's a one and this is, yes. you know, I, it's best to relate to her this way because right now it yes. feels as if she's feeling, 
fearful or whatever that may be. And I feel like we can relate in the workspace so much better. And that's really one of the things you do is you speak to companies and, and groups to people to help them understand this more, right? Yes, totally. So I just think that the whole world rises and falls on leadership. And Mm -hmm. when our leaders are strong and self-aware, they manage their staff better. They manage their staff better Then our customers are happier because we're having less turnover and people are showing up to work excited and we're aware of how we impact people. And so I don't have to take it personally when he or she does this because I know that's not about me right here's how I know how to communicate expectations to this person or I know not to micromanage that one because he always gets work done and it's excellent if I give him space yes but this one I need to stay on and yes like weekly check-ins I mean it's just a game changer when your team understands how to function better and you understand what you bring to the table so you get people in roles that they're good at where they're going to excel everyone's happier and I love that better for the whole fam. Everybody. I love it. I love it. Okay. So for our listeners that want more and need more, how would they find you? Yes. So you can find me on, um, Instagram is primarily where I show up. My handle there is Christy rolls and that's spelt, um, K R I S T I R O W L E S underscore Um, I'm also on Facebook at Full and Free Enneagram Co. Mm -hmm. You can also find me on my website, christyrolls.com. Yeah, would love love to connect with all your people. Yes, I would love that. And hopefully, you know, all these business owners, we have a lot of them that listen and a lot of them that have been on just knowing the tools that you're able to teach. Um, And really, once you do, it's just mind-boggling and eye-opening and it's so much freedom so I just want to thank you so much for your time and and spending with us helping us learn this so now when we play Richard's Ennea game and then we know the Enneagram (laughs) it's like hey we've got everybody covered totally (laughs) thank you there's that free assessment on Beth's website so we can skip over there too but yes thank you so much for having me it's been a joy and um yeah I just I hope that people experience freedom and and fulfillment from doing their work it's just been the best most transformational tool so thanks for letting me talk about the thing that I love (laughs) and for having me on yes you did amazing thank you hey it's Sarah Noose and I believe that you are destined for greatness do you have a dream inside of you you think about wanting more out of life well I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you, have you join, and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place, and to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today, and remember, you are destined for greatness.